Hi everybody, Mike here, founder of Talk About It Mate, and uh, I present, I'm lucky to present this um, Talk About It Mate podcast, it's evolved, it's really growing, I'm getting into it now, and um, today's guest, episode 5, is MJ, and I really hope you like this, this guy's a very inspirational guy, you, he might, you might have even seen him on the television, and um, we talk, you know, quite openly about vulnerability, and these conversations need to be had, and, and this guy... I, I can't say, I can't speak highly enough of this guy. He's, he's absolutely brilliant and I really loved having the chat and I think he's going to go on and help so many people and I really hope you enjoy episode five of the Talk About It Mate podcast. Okay, hello, welcome to episode five of the Talk About It Mate podcast so far. Uh, we've covered a variety of topics and met a variety of people, so I'm glad that I'm still doing it. I'm not being told to stop, so that's good. Um, yeah, we are Talk About It Mate. We are a community of people uh, meeting up for free meetups and for workshops now to share experiences of mental health and positive um, mental health, uh, promoting different issues related to mental health. But, um, you know, it's very easy to just say that we're here to raise awareness. I think that is the number one thing. But, um I think for me, it goes on more from that. I think I need to have these conversations with different people because uh, I learn a lot from them and we all learn from each other because everybody's different. And, uh, you know, I think I'm here and we're here to inspire each other, almost to provoke people into thinking in a different way and considering things in a different way and kickstart their own journey if they need to, you know, grow in any way or, like, help others in any other way. And that's... Because I try to use my authenticity and be as open as possible, my own experiences, and that's what's led me to meet all these great people that I've uh, started to do the podcast with. So um, I hope you enjoy it. Um, just coming off the back of um, some workshops that I've been doing, well-being workshops, um, so far the topics that I have delivered workshops on are worry, stress, self-esteem, resilience and self-care. And actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. They're all really, really normal things that everybody can learn from. Uh, and I think that's the point. I think I think that it's not an overization of people who, who identify having a mental health complaint. It's everybody can suffer from certain things. And I keep repeating and keep banging on about early intervention and peer support. And that's the best way that we can all help each other uh, in life uh, so that we don't have to then have go down the road of having a, a breakdown or something before we get the support that we deserve and the support that we need. So, um, yeah, so today I'm really happy because we're going to talk about something called vulnerability and I've uh, managed to secure a very sought-after guest, uh, MJ. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> yes, yes. Very sought-after. Very sought-after. Usually by people that I own money to. <laughs> I mean, I had to get through to your agent and then... That's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mm. Speaking to my people. Yeah, now MJ, MJ's got a lot of good things to talk about and um, we'll come on to that. But uh, just to kind of, if you could give us a little brief, a brief synopsis of your, your journey. Yeah, uh, I think um, after going through the battles that I did, it, it would appear that my struggle started a lot sooner than I potentially recognised. Um, my breakdown was caused by um, a business that I ran uh, that lost funding overnight. Mm. The government pulled funding. It was a government-backed scheme um, where we were offering services and the, the government would pay us, basically. So at the back end of uh, November, about five years, six years back, the government pulled funding literally overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, so Christmas is on the horizon and I had to stand in front of near, near as makes no difference, a hundred people, um, sales reps, installers, office staff, uh, backroom staff, uh, surveyors, um, and tell them that there was, there would be no more work. Um, you know, and their initial reaction was it's, it's December the 1st, not April the 1st. You know, what are you doing? This isn't funny. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I shouldered that burden. Uh, I saw it as a failure on my part that all these men and women 
that I was selling, there was no more work, right up at the probably most important time of the year for a lot of families that all had mortgages and bills to pay and, and cars on finance and things like that, that there was, there was no more money, there was no more work. And I, I, I dealt with that the wrong way. I, I blamed myself and thinking back and having spoken to numerous people, including a counsellor, mm-hmm. it, it took a while for me to realise that there was nothing at all I could have done about that. Yeah. Out of your control. Completely out of my control, yeah. yeah. No matter what. There, there was no yeah. set of circumstances, there was no set of yeah. words, there was no phone calls or emails yeah. that could have changed that decision. It was what it was. But at the time... But at the time, standing in front of all those people... Yeah. It was, it was horrific. Mm. And I think that, although that is quite a large straw, it was the one that broke the camel's back. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a sequence of events before that from an early age yeah. that I probably, well, I know I'd never dealt with. Yeah. Up until that event led me down a path where I ended up getting help for it. Yeah. Um, and talking to a counsellor that, you know, his words were that you men mm-hmm. uh, are a double-edged sword you are the worst people to speak to yeah. because you do not speak. Mm-hmm. But he also said that once you break, it's like a tsunami of emotions and we can't stop you. And once we get you to that point where you open up, it's the best feeling for both of us because we can start to work forwards and around your problems. Yeah. And the only way to do that is by talking about it. Yeah, and that's, that's <clears throat> what what we're trying to do I suppose yeah, but, yeah, yeah I think yeah that really links into vulnerability what yeah. you've said there and then yeah that feeling of everything coming out yeah it can be a relief it can be but it can also be scary yeah and I think I think I felt that myself with having a breakdown before yeah yeah um, like we say we'll come on to it more more later but you know you, you've that was five years ago did you say I'm just thinking how yeah. old my, 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 my lad is my lad is five yeah. And he was born in the September right. as this all happened in the November, early December, yeah. So you've come you've come <clears> on a journey in those five <clears throat> Massively yeah. so. Um I am massively more aware mm-hmm. of how my head works. I'm massively more aware of the ability and the acceptance that it's okay if I need to pick up the phone. Yeah. To to anybody. You know, there are a number of people since my journey that I've met that have come through yeah. <clears throat> similar things, maybe not triggered by the same things, but mm. there's almost a brotherhood, a sisterhood, you know. Yeah, the, you said that to me, brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just brilliant that the more and more and more things like this happen that you're doing now, Mike, Yeah. the more events that, that are put on, like we went to at the Salford Lads Club a couple of Thursdays ago. I love that, I loved it. Brilliant night, brilliant yeah. night. But what that does is it's it's normalising yeah. what goes on. Absolutely. It's it's breaking down the walls of stigma every time something like this gets put out in the public domain. Yeah. And that is so, so important. I always say it's breaking down your own stigma as well, because as soon as I, say, did a blog two years ago, that there was no more me being ashamed of that. Yeah. Like that fear I'd held on to for so long, I was putting my own stigma on yeah. having these problems I wasn't like but as soon as I did that it kind of it, I'd drawn a line in the sand and that like some people <clears throat> came with me on that yeah, journey yeah, and like yeah. that, that they saw the real me for the first time yeah. and thought oh my god shit like yeah. and some people didn't yeah and I'm not knocking those people because you know I might have done things I regret but yeah. it's interesting how yeah. your relationships with people change I feel like yeah. it was a turning point in my life was two years ago yeah and like, yeah, there's a, and that wasn't my lowest point, but it's just interesting. It was a point in your journey. It was yeah, like I'm not a religious man, but imagine you go for a confession. Yeah, and then I felt that like once you bear up and you're like naked almost, there's nothing. Not saying there's nothing that can hurt you because there's still things that can hurt me. But then I was like, well, everything's out and yeah. open now, and like that's quite liberating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's accepting that level of vulnerability yeah. and putting yourself out there. Mm. You know, when when you're processing thoughts, you think that by putting that out there that everybody's going to judge. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, some people do and will. Yeah. 
that don't understand the mechanisms yeah. and the chemicals around the human brain. Yeah, it's not a choice to feel like that. Exactly. That's, that's massively yeah, important. Yeah. No um, one chooses to feel depressed. No, no one chooses no, to be anxious. No. It just happens. It's just like an illness. It is. Time. You know, you have choices in life. Yeah. Do you have thick sliced bread? Do you have medium sliced bread? Yeah. Do you have red crisps? Do you have blue crisps? <laughs> you don't get a choice about mental health, the no. chemicals in your brain misfiring, and all the, mm. all the bits that go on that unless you've yeah. explored the whys, yes. you don't know how you can work through the remedies mm. and come out the other side. Um, there are people that... There are people that I met once I'd exposed myself, and I say that yeah. because it was an exposure. It is. Um, that I thought would possibly run a mile. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was... That's the way I thought and perceived it. Yeah. Not the way they thought and perceived me. And that's something that I've learned to deal with really well. Yeah. So, okay, so I'll have a breakdown. Yeah. Um, my life's fallen apart, my marriage has fallen apart. And the one person that has helped me more than anybody was the one person that I walked away from, and that was my wife. Yeah. Um, and that was born out of this feeling that I loathed myself that much yeah all I could see was that version of me which was my perception of me nobody else's yes so then how could my wife love me how could my parents love me and how could my friends love me yeah so I excluded myself from everybody I know that feeling yeah yeah I think you think you know it all that's the thing even though you're having a bad time yeah and I think I was you and and this is something that's really hard for me to get used to through therapy and yeah, you don't have the right to put yourself in someone else's no. head. That's you, you're not you're not some kind of god. No, like even if you think you're shit or yeah. uh, it, that, that's not the opinion they'll have of you. Yeah, like cause, and that's the thing. Negative thinking patterns mean you all like often jump to that conclusion and black or white thinking yeah. and all these things yeah. that I talked about in that session. Um, but even now I have to do that uh, check myself before I wreck myself and say like, hang on a minute, I can't. So when you're putting something out on social media or you're calling up the radio or you're going on TV, yeah. you know you're going to have exposure, yeah. but you don't always know which way it's going to go. Exactly, yeah. Like which way the dust will settle. And often, it's it, different. It's always, it always look different. I would say better, but it's different. Yeah. And, and, and that's real, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, th- the yeah. thing is, you know, you, you've touched on something yeah. there which is absolutely on point. Yeah. And that's when you said that... We do not have the right to put ourselves in somebody else's head and prejudge how they will look at us. Yeah. That's very, very valid. Yeah. But I don't know about you, but I was the first person to do that. Yeah. I would always do that. Then yeah. if you would meet people along your journey mm. um, that, that had no understanding, that had no... Mm. And they, they would say silly things. Yeah. So they would say things like, "Oh, just shake it off." Yeah, you know, man, up. man up. That you know that kind of that kind of thing. But they make they mean well, but yeah, but they haven't got the right to be yeah. in your head as much yeah. as you've not yeah. got the right to be in somebody else's head. Yeah. So I learned to to barrier those people off mm. that would, and it was either due to ignorance or just pure selfishness that people will make comments. Oh yeah. So one of the things that I've done on my personal development. Is become stronger and more aware about people's words. Yeah. Because people's words can be quite damning and they don't mean anything by it. Yeah, I think I can I can even imagine three or four people in my life now and I think like they've been like maybe I felt they were very direct with me and and I think if I stepped back they probably were doing it from a good place. Yeah. But I was too easily offended and yeah. like now even now I'm doing this. I'm thinking how much I must have frustrated some of my closest yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, Not the friends that I don't see anymore, that because my life is richer because of that. Yeah. But uh, the ones that are still in my life, I must think I must have been a challenging person. But I also gave them a lot, and I yeah. still do. But yeah, it's just very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I still have moments. We had a moment on yeah. the football pitch. We did. Yeah, was, we were both having a bad day. No, we did. We yeah. did, and, and we hooked it out afterwards yeah, because did. that's what we now do. Yeah, we 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 recognise those yeah. signals. 
we, we'd had a coming together that was nobody's fault, no, words were exchanged, yeah. and a big cuddle at the end. No, that was it, because I don't ever, like, have those moments, but, you know, I remember the bad day at school, yeah. and you were saying you'd had a really rough week. Yeah. And then after that, it was like, last time I saw you, it was just like... But oh. had I not been on my journey, Mike, yeah. I probably wouldn't have spoke to you again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I could have been like that. Exactly. Three years ago, I would have been like, yeah. a lot of them didn't do with him. You, you shelve people, don't yeah. you, and... You know, I, since you become more narrow, you become more narrow-minded you do, towards you do, others. Yeah. When all, all you want white. is yeah, and all you want is people to be more open-minded towards yeah. you. But you're often being more narrow-minded towards yeah, other people. Precisely, yeah. So it's, you, yeah. you have to be very self-aware, and I yeah. think that and look at yourself, and that is the hardest thing. Yeah. Putting a mirror up to yourself. Yeah. Like I actually did this in some coaching that I did, and the coach guy I worked with, he actually put a mirror up to my face, he held it there for ten minutes. Yeah. And he had to like he said things and. I, I got really, and, and I'm not an aggressive person, but I started to get really, I didn't like it, mm-hmm. like, and it was very, very disarming, but having done it, I can see why yeah. people do things yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, that's a really good intro, I think, to what we're going to talk about, but I always try and get a bit of stats and stuff. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is, I do try and go for topics that everyone can appeal to, you know, like, yes... You might not identify with having anxiety or depression. With people, some people are almost not ignorant, but say, "Nope, that's something I don't." Yeah. But then, a few years down the line, they might show all the classic symptoms of that, but they just don't want to be identified with that because it's like a weakness thing. Yeah. But um, stress, I think, is the main gateway to a yeah. lot of things. Everyone is susceptible to stress. Everyone. Some people deal with it better because it's Type A and Type B personalities. Yeah. But I've got some stats from the Mental Health Foundation, um, that just might give it a bit more. And we're going to play it like a higher or lower. Ooh, bit of a game show. I know, I know you like a game. So um, the first <laughs> one you have to guess, and then from there we'll do higher or lower. So there was a survey by Mental Health Foundation 2018 into stress. About 4,600 people were surveyed, so that's quite a big survey. Yeah. Um, so the first one is what percentage of people... Uh, uh, out of those people who have felt so stressed they have been overwhelmed or unable to cope. Do I get phone a friend or anything? <laughs> no. Um, right, okay, what so percentage, percentage of, people? of people who felt so stressed yeah. they have been overwhelmed or unable to cope. Mm. That question could potentially be a red herring because yeah. I think the actual percentage would be quite high Yeah. but the people that would admit to it fear of uh, feeling vulnerable yeah. would 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 water that down. So I'm going to say 65. Not a bad guess, 74. 74. It's high, like you were saying. So 74, so three quarters of the people yeah. felt that they were able to cope. So yeah. there you go, for everybody who's listening, three quarters of people out there yeah. get to that point. You yeah. don't have to have a mental health condition yeah. to feel like that. Yeah. Okay, higher or lower then? Um, the percentage of people, of older people, so say people, 50 yeah. plus, who reported never feeling overwhelmed or unable to cope in the past year. 50 plus, so, so now we're talking so about my lower. parents' generation. Yeah. Higher or lower than 74? Lower, yeah. De- definitely lower. lower. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking? Percentage of people, 50 plus, who reported never. Again, it's that generation thing, so I'm yeah. going to say 28. Very close, you're very good at this, 30%. 30%, yeah. yeah. So again, that shows that either they won't admit it, or they just have a different... Like, life is different for younger people. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll come on yeah. to that, but yeah. yeah. So, then let's compare it with young adults, which I would class 18 to 30. Yeah, yeah, like, that's uh, a fair age graph. Percentage of young adults who reported never feeling overwhelmed or unable to cope in the past year. Higher or lower? Percentage of young adults who reported never feeling overwhelmed or unable to cope in the past year. Reported never. Yeah, so imagine the percentage that did mm. would be quite high. Yeah, yeah. So I think the way things like this yeah. roll out, and it's, yeah. so, it's so out there, you're probably looking, I'm going to say 15%. Not a bad guess, you're quite, it's 7%. Yeah. So that's quite worrying in that nearly all of those people did feel like yeah. that in once yeah. in a year. Um, okay, the percentage of people who reported they ate too much because that's... of stress. You see, that'll be quite high, and I think people are, are more open to yeah. admitting that. And I'm going, to, I'm going to say that's in the 90s. I'm going to say 93%. I initially, I thought that, but it's only 40, 46%. Really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. I just thought with the whole man versus fat <laughs> connection, 
Yeah, like, but that is one way of dealing with it, isn't yeah. it? And then the next one is uh, drinking. So the percentage of people who started to or increased their drinking, do you think that's more or less? I think that's more. More than eating? I think it's more than eating, yeah. What do you think? It's actually lower. Is it lower? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I was going to say something like 55, but yeah. now you've told me it's lower than 46. Mm. I was surprised. I thought drinking would have been a lot higher. Yeah, yeah. Um, 19, 20%. 26, I think. 29, sorry. 29%. 29%. These are mental health foundation figures, if anyone checks. Um, and then finally, uh, oh, the last two, actually. Percentage of people who started or increased smoking. Now, that would have been different a lot. Oh, why not that? Yeah, it depends what age group they're asking. So I think that's the whole <clears> of the, everybody in that 5,000 people. In that people. Uh, 4,600 people. Yeah. Um, Depends on the age group. So I'm going to, I'm going to say higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go at 35%. Because I don't think it'll be much more. Lower, actually. 16%. Well, I think maybe the younger people might be changing that demographic. Yeah. Or I don't know whether they're yeah. changing in smoking. And then finally, yeah, the percentage of adults who reported feeling stress, but also reported feeling lonely as a result of stress. Right, okay. So double barrel question. Yeah. Feeling stressed. Yeah. Yeah, that I think that would be quite high. Yeah. But feeling lonely, again, that fear of vulnerability. Yeah. So I'm going to say 38%. 37%. Oof. Wow, you're pretty good at that. Oof. Yeah, 37% though. And I think the loneliness links directly into the vulnerability. Because yeah. you could say you've got a big family, you know, yeah. like you've got people around you. But people, even within that, can feel very, very lonely and Yeah, isolated. yeah, no, absolutely. Because yeah. I, I did, despite having a wife yeah. and at the time four children. Yeah. I felt super lonely. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's whatever you're suffering from. Yeah. That, that's kind of almost lying to you, isn't yeah. it? Listening yeah. to the radio and the guy was saying anxiety lies to you, doesn't yeah, it? it does, yeah. yeah. You don't have to be alone to be lonely. It's, uh, yeah. it's a fact. Well, that's it. And, and I think it just, again, it widens the conversation. It normalises the conversation. But stress is such a gateway. I think if people investigate or look into their own sources of stress... And that's why I do the sessions and things like that on like normal everyday kind of things. Yeah. So that normal people can help themselves and help others yeah. around them. And I think if we just all like watch out for each other or put an arm around each other, I think it won't get to that point where you've been and where I've been. Uh, yeah. So did I, I know we just mentioned this, but did uh, you see this thing on the TV with the? It's called a royal team talk. I heard about it, but I didn't actually catch it. No, no. Yeah. Now I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. I think first of all getting the high-profile people from the world of football, for example, involved into talking about mental health, it's, that's got to be a good thing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, <clears throat> you know, anybody that's got a gazillion followers on any yeah. social network yeah. platform, that, you know, they've got such a powerful platform, mm. even if they personally haven't had yeah. any struggles, or maybe even if they have, but yeah. they, they, they don't feel comfortable talking about it, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. They they will easily have people in and around yeah. them, other famous people that will be willing to talk about Absolutely. it. That will have suffered, um, or even if they, they you know they, they shared stories, yeah. they shared things like this. Yeah, they, they've got such a such a platform that it would be it ridiculous that they don't get involved. It's good that they're using it. World famous footballers, managers, and yeah. comedians, and everybody that's getting yeah. involved. You know, it's just, if you could thank them all personally, you could thank them yeah. enough. It's a fantastic thing, and it's again, it's a normalization. And the each one of them that sticks their head up, it helps everybody else. Yeah. But I also think now they need more regular voices, and that's why yeah. um, this show. That's something I want to mention because they they got four regular guys, yeah. and at the end they paired them up. So like Peter Crouch talked to one, and Danny Rose talked to one, and Gareth Southgate, and um, which I thought was really really good. But the reason I mention it is because I got a, an email from BBC, so I sent a, some, replied to something on Twitter, and um, it was involved about men talking about football has helped them with mental health. So, obviously, football kick-started my, my weight loss, but I think it has massively helped me with yeah, my mental yeah. health. Even though I get nervous playing football, um, and it was meant to be filming the other week, and um, it was this that show. Right, and the yeah. point of that show is they had the four guys there, and they didn't tell them. So you imagine you're on the football pitch and, yeah. then, and then Thierry Henry walks out and Peter Crouch and, yeah. all, and yeah. they were like, but they said they were going to go with five guys and I would have been the fifth guy. And uh, Oh, I, I mean, I'm, I am a bit gutted because it would have been nice to have course, been there. Yeah, yeah. But also because it would have been <clears throat> nice to 
add my voice to this conversation. And uh, but I think at the end they said it was quite similar to another guy. But I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not mad at them or anything. It's just I think it's really good that these kind of shows are being made. Yeah, yeah. and that regular people are saying, "Hang on a minute, yeah, I have had a tough time." Um, like there was a guy who said he just kicked off with his family. His kids said something dead innocent, and he just lost it with yeah. And I felt like you know what the fact that he's a really normal macho we kind of bloke went on and said that that they need more people doing yeah, that so that your next yeah. guy in the pub or thinks oh yeah it's alright to talk about that so um, yeah just thought if anyone's not seen it they should check it out and uh, vulnerability is something that came through in that but they didn't actually use the word vulnerability I think that they used it wrong and again not knocking them Gareth Southgate said strength through weakness Yeah. and I think they were saying that men don't want to be perceived as being weak Yeah. Um, but I, I'm trying to claim this change this word weakness to vulnerability yeah. and obviously I've watched a lot of videos and things and read a lot about this um, because vulnerability isn't a weakness it's being open to accept that there will be some bad things and there will be some good things yeah. but if you block off all the bad things what's going to happen is you're going to implode eventually ex- yeah. exactly so you've got to accept the bad things there'll be guilt there'll be shame there'll be you know and guilt and shame are very different mm. but like there's a lot you can't numb those things, otherwise you don't get the good side of yeah. things. You're, like the creativity yeah. and like you know the feeling of be, being the great feelings that being authentic can bring you. So uh, that's something that we did in the session. So not strength through weakness, but strength through vulnerability. Yeah. And I think you're showing that already. Um, so yeah, just going back to where you were before. Um, what's the reason for you feeling that you could open up about it now compared um, to before? It's twofold, really, Mike, if I'm yeah. honest. It's, I am now in a better place than I have been for many, many years. Good. Because what the, 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 the compound of the yeah. breakdown led me to deal with other issues. Yeah. <clears throat> so you said before about you keep bottling up the weaknesses. Yeah. You know, that word weakness is, is vulnerability. Yeah. So it's opening yourself up and allowing yourself to deal with those issues that are piling up and yeah. piling up and piling up. Because there will become a point where you do implode, you do break, you do snap at the wrong person. And yeah. words can be poisonous and, and they can be used in anger, they can yeah. be used in frustration. Mm. Now, I, I've got a quick tongue and I've got also, I know I've got an acid tongue and I yeah. can say some not-so-nice things in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot better yeah. than I was because something that someone said is, you know, you don't know what kind of day somebody's had. Exactly. You don't know what else is going on in other people's lives. So I've learned to, to, to filter myself. Mm. Now, part of what I do as a hobby uh, is stand-up comedy and I allow my filter yeah. to be removed for that because it works in that setup. Yeah. In everyday life, at the, at the little girls' football tournament this morning, something went on yeah. that I really, really was unhappy with. Yeah. But I just let it ride because, you know, it's nobody died and nobody went to prison. Yeah. It's kids' football. What does it really matter? The kids are on the pitch loving it. So you've done a coping mechanism now. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, precisely. Yeah. Um, but the worst thing that anybody can do, and if anybody's listening that has got five things that are building up, it could be the sixth one, it could be the seventh one, mm. it could be the eighth one that that break you. So why not, when you finish listening to this, go and speak to somebody. Yeah. Ring somebody. It can be a stranger at the Samaritans. It can be a stranger at an organisation like what Mike does. We talk about yeah. it, mate. There's lots and lots out there. And I'm sure Mike will post on his page all yeah. the other things that you can, you can get in touch with. There's an old saying of problem shared is a problem halved. Now... Read into that what you will, but the truth of the matter is, the sooner you start talking about your mm. vulnerabilities and all these things that are piling up, yeah. the sooner you can deal with them and start enjoying the good things in life. I did not enjoy the first year of my son's life yeah, because of the issues that I bottled up and because of the journey that he took me on. <clears throat> now, I, I tend to feel quite guilty, even now, about that particular time because... Yeah. I didn't know how to love this brand new baby that we just had, and now we're best friends. It's it's five years on, and everything's great. Pick up the phone, send somebody a message, and get in touch with somebody. 
don't let issue number six break you. Issue number seven, or however many you're on, yeah. you can fix this and you can fix it and start today. Yeah, but it's like people sweep things under the carpet and it gets too much, they don't want to deal with it. Uh, but until you start dealing with some things, like you say, it will bottle up. It's half a way of emptying that bucket. And it is, and it snowballs because... Yeah, I've been there. You've Right, so let's say you've got five issues mm. and you've seen these five issues... As one humongous issue. Putting them all together in one ball. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, go for the low-hanging fruit. Deal with one. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've only got four. Yeah. And you'll enjoy dealing with number one. You'll enjoy parking number one. Yeah. Or you'll, you'll enjoy putting number one into a locker and knowing that you've dealt with it. Yeah. Then number two is so much easier because you've learned so many lessons dealing with number one. Yeah. And before you know it, you've dealt with all your issues you're building up your resilience exactly and on that journey you've dealt with it you've dealt with your resilience and don't treat it as one massive war treat it as little individual battles and you'll win each individual battle and before you know it you've won the war and then you can enjoy things again yeah and then when these little bad things come up again then you think oh I dealt with that last time like last time I felt low mood I was like oh yeah I had that but you know what I didn't die like, yeah. I dealt with, like, you know, I think six, seven weeks ago, I was crying at the kitchen table, I had a bad day, some, yeah. like, ten-year-olds were giving yeah. me a really rough yeah. ride, yeah. but I was just, I was just burnt out, yeah. you know, and then, like, I had a really bad day about two, three weeks ago, and then I got home, and it was like water off a duck's back, because yeah. it was like, oh, well, if I've survived that one, you know, and it's like, we all, you look back on what you've achieved, and I think people don't celebrate their achievements, and yeah. it could be the littlest, tiniest yeah, thing yeah, of course, yeah. You, you, yeah. you've done to celebrate, yeah. um, because... I know that I've done that myself. And yeah. I'm, I'm a lot more positive. I've got a bit more spring in my step these days. And uh, You will learn. Yeah. You, you, everybody learns to deal with things the more they deal with them. Yeah. Which sounds like a really obvious thing to say. But, so I had five issues in my head and I dealt with them individually. Yeah. So next time issue number one comes up, you think back how you got around that and it's dealt with before it becomes an issue. See, like, yeah. a couple of weeks ago when I came over to see you at Manchester one of your sessions. Yes. And I got there 25 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have really broken me previously. I used to hate being late. Yeah, it w- but I was travelling from Blackpool to get into the centre of Manchester yeah. during rush hour. It's out of my control. Yeah. Previous to my experiences, yeah. I would have just pulled the ripcord and got home and sent you a message saying, yeah. sorry, Mike. Yeah. But, but actually, I wanted you... to be there. Yeah, it was good. And I would rather have been there for an hour yeah. than not at all. Yeah. So that would have, um, you know, yeah. it, I, I would have struggled to deal with that. Could you put in too much pressure on yourself as well? But like you say, you, you're thinking everything is is your control and you're yeah. the destiny and the master of everything. Yeah. And you're not. And like, I used to be terrible for that. Yeah. But again, I'm not saying care less, but it is a different way of approaching yeah, things. Yeah, of course. And yes. by chipping away at those little things, you can get through yeah. the bigger problem. Like, and for me, like the big thing, like the elephant in the room was always like how I viewed myself, self-image. And like I say, I was overweight from childhood and in my <clears> 20s and stuff. And I wasn't particularly active and I never did anything about it, but I started to chip away at other things and like other things I was unhappy at. And then little by little, I got to a stage where I was able to do something about that. Yeah. And it was little things, like overcoming these little barriers of showing up for football, showing up in a room full of fat blokes I never met before in yeah. London and in Manchester. And it was like doing little tweaks to my diet and trying new things and actually you learn more about yourself when you're on that journey again to be cheesy it's yeah. not the destination it is the journey because when you should get to like say that weight mark or that amount of money and you look are you, is that going to be when you're instantly happy yeah no like yeah. You, the little things are you with the family and and i think that comes on to your journey like if, what made you kind of do the the, the tv show yeah well um I I dealt with a number of issues, and the last thing that I needed to deal yeah. with was my weight. Yeah. And and consequently my health mm. because um, type two diabetes. Yeah. Which you end up filling yourself full of self loathing because you've eaten yourself, or I had eaten myself and drank myself on on full sugar colas and things like that. Yeah. To twenty eight stone. Right. I didn't know that's how big you were. Yeah, yeah. Mark, I'll show you some pictures. Yeah. Twenty eight stone at my biggest, which was, you know, incredible. It was it was a running theme that every birthday I weighed my age. You know, when you get to twenty eight and you're twenty eight wow. stone, you know, you're thirty soon. If you're going to make it, you need to do something about yeah. it. 
Um, so I ended up with type 2 diabetes and a lot of weight fell off really, really, really quickly mm-hmm. because of the side effects of type 2 diabetes. Yeah, yeah. And which links in really well with the vulnerability because I refused to get myself checked because the weight was falling off. <laughs> yeah. So, thought. you know, I was enjoying the weight falling off. Yeah, you but, do enjoy it. Yeah. Like, but I was feeling terrible. Yeah. I was so lethargic. I was struggling to drive to work. I was struggling to keep my eyes open. And that yeah. was the diabetes. Yeah. So fast forward the clock to my 30, around my 36th birthday, I got some blood results. Now, a blood test result for type 2 diabetes is called the HbA1c. And that's a measure of the level of glucose in your, in your body. Yeah. Mine was 108. Which, to those who don't know what that means, you can pop on Google and look at HbA1c 108. That is dangerously, dangerously, yeah. dangerously high. You're talking serious complications, amputations and things like that. Right, mate. Yeah. Um, nerve damage. Wow. And I was 36 and my doctor looked me in the eye and he said, Mike, you are the Titanic. If you don't self right now, mm. I am running out of oral medication. You'll either end up on insulin yeah. for the rest of your life or you'll end up dead yeah. before you're 40. Which was quite damning. When he was that honest with you. Yeah, but it was the kick up the arse that I yeah. needed. Um, because I know that from dealing with other issues that what he was saying needed dealing with. If I hadn't dealt with other issues, I'd have gone home and dropped myself to... to not, not, I wouldn't say dropped myself to death, but I'd dropped myself into a stupor. I'd, I'd have comfort at the, you know... Yeah, so you'd done it loads for your mental health. Yeah. And then you were at that point where you had to do something for your physical I health. I literally had to do something with physical health. Yeah. Um, so I get home from that uh, news off the doctor yeah. um, and there was a TV show on and it was called This Time Next Year mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Davina McCall yeah. where people would go on, make a pledge and then they'd have 12 months to see that pledge through to yeah. the end and then go back having succeeded or not as the case yeah. may be yeah. uh, for the big reveal. Mm. So this is when we met. We yeah, you just signed I, up. Yeah, I just signed up to this. I've done my Skype interviews. I've been to London for the first set of filming. Yeah. Um, I'd made my pledge and I John I joined Man vs. Fat. Yeah. Um, to give myself a level of accountability on on the weight. Yeah. And I ended up my so my pledge. Yeah, sorry, yeah. my pledge was to reverse the effects of type two diabetes, mm-hmm. but also to lose six stone. Yeah. When I went back on the show, I had lost, um, I'd lost four stone. Yeah. After putting another half a stone on. Yeah. Halfway through, mm. um, when we went on holiday, so technically I'd lost four stone, and the results of the diabetes were given to me live on stage. You didn't. Add, you didn't. Didn't know. Wow. No. So I'd signed an agreement with yeah. the production team and my doctor. Yeah. That for the last. Uh, three months mm-hmm. I would be tested every two weeks two right. to three weeks yeah and only if there was serious medical intervention yeah. needed would my doctor bring me in and give me my results right so I had no idea what blood test results the last blood test results I got were 56 from from 108 which wow. is which is fantastic but that is still quite high yeah you um you have to be under 48 to be pre-diabetic. Okay. And you had to be under uh, 42 to be classed as non-diabetic. Right. So, there's a big bar on the screen. Yeah. It comes down. <laughs> and it slows down. So, I know that it's going to drop to fit. Well, I hope it's yeah. going to drop below 56. 56, yeah. Or at least stop at 56. Because that's still a great result. Yeah. And it stopped at 46. Wow. So I was registering as pre-diabetic. Yeah. Which at that stage meant that if a GP that didn't know my medical history yeah. tested me for diabetes, he would list me as pre-diabetic. Right. Which was great, great result. Yeah. So my doctor said live on air that I, I had reversed the effects of type 2 diabetes wow. and set me a new challenge, which was to get below 42. Mm. So I've since been retested a couple of times. Yeah. At 46, dropped to 44, and it is now 41. Wow. 
and I am off all medication. Wow. How, how long ago was that? Uh, that was in February this year. Wow. What a journey. Yeah, so it's just amazing. And, and, you know, so inspiring for other people as well. I hope so. I because so. I, we watched it and yeah. I haven't seen you for months. It was like so good to see it. Yeah. I went, he's a bit of a character, this fella. And Laura was like, oh, I love him. I love him. My, my mum was like, oh, I love him. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. So off all medication for the first time in about... Leah's 14, my daughter now, when I was, she was, she was about two year old when I was diagnosed. And at one point I was taking 12 tablets a day, just for the diabetes, forget the other stuff, for other issues, for the diabetes, because with diabetes you have circulation issues, you have kidney issues, you have eye issues, you have blood pressure issues, so you take tablets to control that, but then you have to take a couple more tablets to protect your internal organs, because you're taking so many bloody tablets. So... That's amazing. Just just looking at you, this is a very counsellor kind of comment, but uh, your body language has just lifted. In yeah, life. yeah. Just talking yeah. about that, you're, yeah. you're completely different yeah. from you, the way you were sat. Yeah. So it, you must love some time to time. I, I love telling the story yeah. only because it's one of, and if anyone's not watched it, you, you can get it. We'll put a link on. But yeah, brilliant. Yeah. You, you, um, it's a mixed journey because I started the journey on cloud nine yeah. and I lost a lot of weight really quickly. Yeah, and you had a relapse, so big time. Yeah. Which yeah. any motivation and change wheel is something yeah. for psychology. So anybody can relapse. Yeah, well, I point. did, and it was born out of my own frustration yeah. again, and I then turned to some method of counselling that I'd had to get through it. I'd. Um, hit a wall yeah. and I couldn't lose any more weight. I don't know if you remember it, the MVF. For about eight weeks on the bounce, yeah. I maintained. Yeah. And I, I was You getting, were a big weight loser at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Like, it was coming off like nothing. But like. Then I maintained for, I think it was something like eight weeks. Yeah. And I couldn't put my finger on why. Yeah. Um, you know, you tell yourself you're gaining muscle so you're losing fat and all of those things that you tell yeah. yourself when you're on a weight loss journey. Yeah. And for the first time in 37 years... My weight had maintained, so that turned that into a positive. Yeah, maintaining I, is something to be proud of when you. I'd never maintained in, yeah. in thirty-eight years of yeah. growing. I'd never maintained thirty-seven yeah. years. I'd never maintained weight. Yeah, but I was maintaining too high. Yeah, I wanted to lose four more stone. Yeah, which I've now done. Yeah, um, and I'm maintaining, so I'm really happy about that. Yeah, um, I, I I keep saying I want to lose a couple of more stone to get myself out yeah. of the overweight bracket to the normal bracket. Um. Yeah, that's it. Like, everyone has that journey of weight loss, um, and they have an idea of what they want to get to. But like you say, you got you enjoying your life along the way as well. And like, and that's what we're saying with this exposure. And how first of all, people at home and reacted well. Like, yeah, no, like, they really did. Yeah, the support you've had from family, friends. Yeah, and um, my my wife is incredibly yeah. supportive in everything I do. Even if I've got some really wacky hair brain scheme, yeah. she 100% believes in what I want to achieve and, and she stands by me all the way. Yeah, she can handle you. Yeah, she can. She can handle me. You need, that's it. You need the person closest to you needs to understand you. Yeah. understand your weaknesses, but yeah. also be that person for you. Um, what's, here's a good question. What's the best way for people to help you? Like if you, if you are having a tough time or... Do you know what? There, there, are, there are various different people... Yeah. And I think, I can't remember the grouping, but I, I saw a grouping in one of my sessions was a yellow type person, a green type person, a blue type person, a red type person. Like personality traits. Personality traits. Yeah. And there are people that see themselves on a pedestal. Yeah. There are people that, you know, are quite subservient and they're comfortable in that area. Yeah. And there are people that like to be congratulated there are people that like to be re not reinformed, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, reminded, yeah. another word for reminded, but reminded yeah. that, do you know what, you're doing all right, mate. Yeah, like a push. Yeah, and, and I'm that kind of guy, yeah. I think. Yeah. That, you need um, someone to say, you're doing well. You're doing all right, mate. And, you know, every every yeah. every day now, my wife says to me, Good day today, Mike. Done all right, you know, and it's it's just a very very little simple thing, but it works for me. Steps though, li- those little steps are the most important. Yeah, like, you say you wouldn't have done that without those little steps along no, the way. No, not at all. No, a, it's just an amazing story. I think yeah. anybody, uh, and however you've done it, the fact that you've changed your life is brilliant. And now, 
you're using your profile from that for good. Yeah, they have done a few yeah. things yeah. now, and you know, I have a, I have a regular slot on on Radio Manchester where I'll go on and I'll talk about yeah. anything that might have been in the media. Yeah, it's but brilliant. I'll, I'll put a bit of a, a comedy spin on it, and mm. you know, I try I try now not to talk things down, but to see the light in everything. It sounds like the whole holistically, all of your life is so you become more open minded about everything yeah. as you've. Ch- change things in your head yeah. physically and I know that I feel the same like now I'm, I'm a lot more perceptive to things from different angles yeah. uh, than I ever was before yeah. and I think it makes you open minded yeah I'm more open minded about humans now yeah. you know and I'll, I'll be really honest about that yeah. I was quite one dimensional right if I didn't like somebody or something um, I might not necessarily say it all the time yeah. but I would think it and then I wouldn't have a conversation with that person because yeah. I didn't like the colour of the jacket they had on it. And that's it. You know, something really ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I'm a lot more open-minded about the human race and yeah. a lot more warm and welcoming to people that they're just different. But what's wrong with that? Embrace it. Yeah. You know, it's... Creativity, yeah, different, it, it's exactly. brilliant. It's not wrong to be different. And, 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 you know, different can be seen as a... the wrong word to use. Yeah. Unique is probably a better word. Yeah. Um, and you know I now embrace those kind of people yeah. that are willing to walk through the streets of Manchester wearing whatever they want yeah. however they want and not giving a shit about yeah. what people think yeah. I you know, embrace that and I wish I could evoke that a lot more and that's what that comes from when you're more in touch with your own values yeah. and your own like yeah. and it's people have to you have almost shedding the skin of your past yeah, of and course, it's, it's yeah. not like say for me like having a digger parents for example or my friends and stuff like it's just that you become comfortable in your own yeah. skin and then you're able to not everyone who dresses like you know like that is like that yeah but some people use it as a mask don't they yeah, but of course. it's it's just being more open and being being authentic yeah. is yeah. the word but i bet you've met so a lot of good people along the way and now yeah, comedy well, yeah the through through the comedy, you know, I've met people that I would never have met. The same as Three Man Versus. Yeah. Fact, we wouldn't be sat having this conversation no. now had we not both turned up in a room full of fat blocks yeah. playing football. It was it was surreal. Put yourself out there though. That's, and that was it. That's opening up to your vulnerabilities. That's it. Um, if I'd have if I'd have not been through, and I'm probably yeah. probably speaking for you at the same yeah. time here. If we'd have not been on our individual journeys, yeah. we wouldn't have been able to walk into that room. No. I might have got myself to the door. Mm. I might have even put my head in. Yeah. I might have even said hello to somebody. Yeah. But that would have taken a lot and it would have been as far as I yeah. got. Yeah. And I think that you're, you're, you're probably one of the larger than life figures there as yeah. well. You're quite vocal, talkative person. I, I'm quite a chatty guy, but I wasn't most... But like, yeah. you know, there were probably quieter guys there who probably didn't have as, yeah, the same... Of course, and yeah. it's, it's often the kind of people that you wouldn't expect. Well, look at Dan... Yeah, he Dan lost a lot of weight. He's coaching over yeah, I think he stopped coaching over, but yeah, he lost so much weight. Yeah. Like, he's quite a quiet guy. Yeah, quiet guy, yeah, very quiet. And through the sessions and, and yeah. probably talking to lads, and yeah. he just grew into this yeah. this guy that was helping people and yeah. talking to them about his weight loss and, and then became a coach. And that's Be just good for other people. Another great, inspiring story. Yeah, there's but so many. A lot of what I mm. did and do... Yeah about being a larger-than-life character yeah. and always having the crack and yeah. always having the laugh, Yeah, that's self-protection for me as well. Yeah. Because if I'm... If I'm out there... Yeah. ...ribbing people, and I don't yeah. mean nasty, I mean just yeah. having the crack, the general banter and all, yeah. you know... Yeah. ...then no one is going to attack me. Yeah, you're because on the front I'm, foot. I'm exactly on the front foot. Yeah. And that's something I've done since being a kid. It's like fight or flight, you're fighting exactly. before it's preemptive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I used to be like that in school. Yeah. Because it was a protection. I got bullied in the first year for being the biggest lad in the class, and then like I kind of started to lose a bit of the weight, but I was like very, very sharp tongue yeah. with people because yeah. I knew that like they wouldn't come back on me because yeah. I had more intellect yeah, in many yeah, ways. Yeah. But uh, maybe not now. But it's interesting <laughs> how we behave, and you wouldn't consider that until you've had your problems. Yeah, like people yeah. go along life and they never consider in their life the the way that they think, act, and behave yeah. because of certain factors. And it, often it takes going to therapy or having a problem to... To open up to that. Yeah, yes. and it, yeah. That's, this is vulnerability. And uh, I think you have to accept that not everything about you will be perfect and you will get angry mm. and you'll feel these things. But at the same time, 
if by accepting those things are there and not completely beating yourself up about it, yeah. you can appreciate all the other good side of, of course, things. Yeah. There's like the good yeah. things about myself that like I'm really enjoying now that yeah. I never enjoyed before. And uh, yeah, I think that that's kind of the 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 main crux of what I'm saying with strength-free vulnerability yeah. that comes from that. And uh, just with the comedy, so let me put this to you, laughter is the best medicine. Of course, yeah. And you know what? It's It's free. It is free. Do you know what I mean? It's free. I. It's not in a tablet. No, no, exactly. <laughs> and I, like I said, I used to use it as, as a defence mechanism yeah. because if I was out there on the front foot, like you yeah. say, nobody would then approach me or attack yeah. me for being a big guy. Yeah. I would take the piss out of my own weight a lot. Yeah, self-deprecating I went, I went to school dressed as Cartman. <laughs> oh, God. Just so I was on the front foot. Yeah, and before somebody said you know, something. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, things like that that you... But now with with the comedy, I've done a couple of charity gigs and yeah. I've got another couple coming up. It's for me it's storytelling. I talk about things in my comedy that are very, very, very real. Yeah. Um and a lot of people can relate to what I'm talking about because they'll see it every day. Yeah. And they'll have experienced it. So I, you know, I tell stories about those annoying people on Facebook. I yeah. tell stories about those annoying people down the local pub. Yeah. I tell stories, you know. And people know these kind of people. Yeah, people think they can identify yeah, with. Yeah, but people might... I wouldn't say they were scared of these type of people, but I I, I yeah. approach the person that you're most feared of having a vulnerability. Yeah, everyone does. Everyone's got a vulnerability. Yeah. Now, everyone wears a mask and a yeah. shield. Um, so that's, that's quite a big thing in my... And do you know what? For my own personal... Yeah. Vanity for my own personal bigging up my own ego. There is nothing better than being stood in a room full of two, three, four, five hundred people, having them eat out the palm of your hand and all laughing at you. But they're they're not laughing at you. They're laughing with you. They're laughing because you tell you've told a funny joke. They're laughing because you've said something that nobody else is a dare to say. Yeah. But everyone in the room sat thinking about it. Yeah. And that I I will do. I I, you know I've, I've done however many I've done now. They're all free. Yeah, you know, I don't charge for any of these things. I've got a, I've got a show on in Preston in a few weeks where really? I've managed to get seven or eight other comics down. I'm going to compare the nights. All free. We'll post it's it, and I'll post it on the page as well. Yeah, we'll do. But it's that's my self help. Comedy yeah. is my self help. And you're giving back. You're giving yeah. back, aren't you? Like me doing even running this group. Like it's a way of me giving back. But yeah. I want it to be my life, my job. I feel like it's my thing. Yeah. I need my calling almost, yeah. and it's. No, I think it's brilliant what you're doing. And, um... well, the way I look at it, Mike, is if there's, let's say there's 100 people in a room. Yeah. Statistics say how many of those 100, I don't know if you've got the figure off the top of your head, what? how many of those 100 people will have some form of anxiety, depression or feeling low? Well, they say one in four. One in four, right. Thing, so, so 40% of that crowd. Or, well, of 100. Yeah. Yeah, we well could say, or you could say 25 out of the 100, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. So it could be up, yeah, it could be upwards to 40%, right. couldn't it? So, yeah. let's say 40 people in that audience, out of the 100, out yeah. of the 100 have got some sort of issue yeah. where they're feeling low, they've had a particularly shit day, yeah. whatever it might be, yeah. but despite that particular bad day, they yeah. could walk out of that room laughing their heads off because yeah. I've made them laugh or one of the other guys yeah. has made them laugh. That is such an empowering feeling because yeah. you're doing something you love yeah. and you could have changed the rest of their day. Absolutely. You could have changed the rest of their week. Laughter is such an important thing. That even I did one on self care, session on self care last week, and uh, just smiling, like, like for anything, it immediately lifts your mood. You know, like yeah, these little, yeah. little quick fixes, yeah. doing everything more mindfully. But yeah, that's one of the things that like everyone to do it. So I made everyone do a silly smile, and already you already feel a bit of silly or embarrassed, yeah, yeah. and you're already you know, like the muscles and all it releases all these feelings, and it's it's brilliant. Like, it, and I think laughter it takes your mind off things as well. It or does. if you're poking fun at something in the right way, yeah. Then, then that's great. And you mentioned before about the event that we went to at the lads club. That was good because it was comedy. Yeah, yeah. And also the guys that were there, like opening up. And yeah. I think you opened up, and people opened up. And I felt like very, um, I felt like I felt very inspired. And I was like, wow, wow. Like I wish I could do what these people do. Yeah. Not the comedy side of things, but um, I think I'm going to leave that to the people who know what they're doing. But um, <laughs> I felt like very vulnerable myself. But like. I was like, why can't I do that? And then I remember having what was called like a vulnerability hangover. So I was like, I've done quite a lot and I've done these sessions, but then I'm starting to, 
even though I'm pushing myself further than I've ever been before, I'm having like a, a setback. Mm. I'm thinking like I'm not good enough again and all these problems come back. And uh, yeah, I did a little bit of a share about I was feeling like embarrassed and almost shameful for like wanting to help people. Like, I don't know, I just felt like an imposter, like I shouldn't be there, I wasn't worthy of it. Um, and then I had this like inner critic thing going on and I think seeing those guys, it kind of made me think, no, no, I can... I can push that out yeah. there. I can, we can yeah. do this and give accept- yourself a bit of a reboot. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And it, it, I accepted that those feelings were there, and I was feeling vulnerable. And it's not through weakness; it was through you know vulnerability, strength, and and I started to do that. I started to spur me on to go on and do other things. And I think just by doing this, I think I remind myself that what we're doing now, this is resilience, and this is vulnerability, and vulnerability is also. Courage. Yeah. Like, you might get it wrong, you might die on your arse in front of those people, but you're doing something, mm. you put yourself out there, and that's... No one's ever achieved anything without pushing yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And you, you've got to go out of your comfort zone to do that, otherwise you're playing it safe, aren't you? Yeah. And I think that, like, that's how you get... And I made some notes, but it's like innovation, creativity, and change by taking some emotional risk and some exposure. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you held yourself accountable for those results and you went on national TV to yeah. do that. Yeah. Like, I think you need to, to say, be very proud of yourself. Cause if you're going to do it, you've got to get your balls out and do it right. <laughs> just... What did Davina say to that? Yeah, yeah. She wasn't impressed with the balls. Yeah. But, no, what I mean by that is, yeah. you know, the, the old saying, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Um, it was more about, for me, accountability yeah. for the weight loss. You know, aside from the journey that I'd just been on, um, yeah. uh, and and you know, still deal with day to day. Of course, um, it it was more about accountability because I tried to lose weight in a number of different ways yeah. before, and I thought to myself, I just had that big kick up the arse off the doctor. The, you know, the Titanic speech. No, yeah. you're not going to see forty. I get home and this is on TV, so I send the show an email. Yeah, um, you were quite immediate. Immediacy is a really important skill. Yeah, actually. yeah, you've got to be just. And I just thought. I'd had that news. Yeah. I've tried everything, or I thought I'd tried everything. Yeah. Um, why not send the show an email? Mm. Because they had lots of weight loss stories on that show. Lots of weight loss. Yeah. Because it's a quite a big thing, you know. Weight loss yeah. is a huge thing. But mine was slightly different in the fact that I had this type 2 diabetes yeah. hanging over me as well. And they were only too keen to speak to me. And before yeah. I knew it, I was down filming. Yeah. And that's the reason I joined Man Vs. Yeah. yeah. Because of the accountability. Yeah, you re- regular way in... As well. Yeah, but now yeah. I I have mechanisms for my yeah. own accountability. Yeah. So I don't have to, although it's still yeah. very, very good to and very wise to have external sources for accountability. Yeah, yeah I, I can. I, you, you almost know what works yeah. or what can work. Like deep down, you like almost if someone put a gun to your head, yeah. you'll always know the best thing for you. Yeah. But people aren't truly honest with themselves, yeah. like, you know, and I know what I can do more. But, like, I've been maintaining for a long time, but it's like, I really want to push on before I get married, for example. Yeah. But I know what I can do. It's just making that happen and yeah. actually thinking, I'm going to do it. But, yeah, I'm just like, we, just do it. Just do it. Just exactly. do it. And yeah, I think, yeah. Feel the fear and do it anyway, you know. Yeah. And it's an old saying. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, maybe somebody can come up with some words that don't sound like they've been hammered home time yeah. and time and time. But it, it is true. It is true. Open up to your vulnerabilities. Yeah. And do it anyway. And that's what we're doing here. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and that's great. I think I really enjoyed it. And I think through these conversations, that's how we, we learn from each other. And that's how we, you know, reflect on what we've done. And I think there's, I've got a couple more that I really want to push through. I definitely want to do a podcast on some kind of addiction. Yeah. So I, I know... Well, my addiction was yeah. food. Yeah. I, I would turn to food if I'd had a good day. Yeah. I'd turn to food because I was happy. We reward I ourselves. to celebrate. Yeah. yeah. With a reward. I would turn to food if I had a particularly bad day yeah. and if I was feeling shitty about myself, yeah. I'd, I'd reach for chocolate and crisps. Yeah. Um, but the, the CBT, the Cognitive Behavioural yeah. Therapy, I did as part of my diet plan, yeah. taught me about my thought processes with yeah. food. Very, very, very similar yeah. to the CBT that I did during my counselling sessions. Yes. You know, about this, this corrupt thinking. Mm. And, and the one thing that came out of it for me was that food was my yeah. self-harm. Yeah, absolutely. Some people cut themselves, some people yeah. drink, some people take drugs, some yeah. people inject drugs, or yeah. whatever they might do. Yeah. It's a form of self-harm. Yeah. And it's for instant gratification, yeah. but long-term, we all know it's very, very bad. And when you judge yourself, or you judge by 
society <coughs> and you know just putting that bracket of all fat people are like this and then it's not ever going to help people to ever confront or change no, those things no. but not and and you know not everyone has the capacity to do that without support mm. and it's tough any kind of transformation is tough and and but people think they don't have it in them but i think for example we we didn't think that at times no, and no, we, no God, like God. what you've gone through and what you've achieved is massive and like on top of having a big family, I've had to take up a lot of your time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll let you go home in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say thank you for, for sharing. And um, like I say, I'm sure we'll get all this shared out and any links and we'll share anything that you've got coming up. And I'm sure we'll collaborate again in the future. Yes, let's do it. But thank you very much. That was episode five. Um, and just, you know, keep watching for episode six, which I hope we survive until. <laughs> all right. <laughs> take care.